Hi, hey, hello, and welcome to the Behind the Business Show with your host, Ryan Drake. This podcast is my attempt at documenting the real-life learnings and lessons of growing and scaling businesses. Each week, we'll peel back the layers of what it truly takes to scale and give you the insights and tools you need to take your business to the next level. No fluff, no filler, just pure unfiltered access to the minds that make businesses blow up or bust. Let's get down to business. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Business. I'm your host, Ryan Drake, and today we have a very special guest joining us. His name is Jeff Castillo, uh, at Digital Jeff on all social platforms. And I have loved Jeff's growth over the last 12 months in particular. We're going to dive into all of that on this episode, especially with his viral reels sharing about chat GPT cheat codes. Uh, but what is also really interesting and what I learned recently about Jeff is that he was the other half behind a podcast that was influential to my entrepreneurial journey about five, to six years ago called Leaders Create Leaders uh, with host Gerard Adams. So Jeff, welcome to the show. So excited to have you here. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you for having and, me on. Uh, um, the fact that you... <laughs> know about leaders create leaders is mind-blowing because uh, a lot of people have reached out to me like in the last six months that are barely for the first time watching leaders create leaders and for me that that's that's a huge uh sense of fulfillment that comes from somebody finding leaders, create leaders for the first time because it allows me to realize that regardless of like uh when you're creating some form of content you gotta remember when you put it out it's gonna live there for a long time and sometimes you put out a video and it doesn't get the, you know, the, you put in so much effort into like a video or a piece of content and you put it out and it doesn't get like seen at the moment. Mm. But then over the course of years, people will come to you sporadically and saying, Hey, that video you made X amount of years ago, like changed my life or it gave me some insight and it gave me some value. So for me, it was very rewarding to, to hear you say that fulfilling for you to be able to share that with the, with the audience right now. So thank you for that. Jeff, I think that was so such a transformative time even in podcasting because what you guys did was you traveled to go and see the guests. And I don't think people sometimes fully appreciate the cost, the time, effort involved in moving time. a whole team. I, I mean, now it's commonplace with some of the top podcasters, but it definitely wasn't back then. And um, can you share with us the, the story of how Leaders Create Leaders came about? Because I loved your little snippet you, you shared with me around ending up in New York with a bag <laughs> and not sure what was next. Can you, can you give some insight into how it actually felt uh, being there as a creator? Yeah, so I actually, um, at the time that I was trying to transition into becoming a full-time creator, um, I was teaching at the time, uh, high school teacher to, to be exact, and one of my students asked, I was giving a motivational speech to my students, and one of my students said, sir, so you're saying that based on what you're saying right now, does that mean that you want to be a teacher, a high school teacher? And I was like, no, I, was, I actually want to be a filmmaker. So he's like, why, he's like, why don't you take your advice? 
And that was the last day in the middle school. That was the last day that I was actually a teacher. The next day, the next morning I resigned and uh, my wife gave me the blessing to take on a project that I've been putting on standby for so many years. And the project at the time was me. I made a list of all the people that inspire me in New York City. And there was a list of like 12 people, 14 people. And I wanted to interview these people in person and do a documentary called The Hustle. Um, so I booked a one-way ticket to New York City, was able to stay in this like small room, about 800 square feet with a shared restroom with four other people. And every day I had to go out in New York City and knock on doors, trying to get these people that are like, some of them were like celebrity celebrities. Like Martin Scorsese was on that list, um, Steve Harrison, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, Casey Neistat, um, a lot of people from the New York City, um, you know, creators in the New York City space. And, you know, throughout this process, it was really hard because not only was it in the dead of like the cold winter, which I'm not used to, but it was even harder because I didn't know anybody in New York City. And I also didn't really, I really never had a, like I, I never really fully created like a full documentary by myself. Um, and then throughout this process of me knocking on doors and like handshaking, like, like just meeting people in New York City, I learned a lot about myself, but also learned a lot about the way things work in, in the city. And I think one of the things that, that I learned the most is like, you got to put a lot of uh, energy into, um, into, you, into what you want to do. Like you got to put out there a lot of work. So one of the things I did was like, I want to meet at least 20 people every day. And regardless of whether they, and not only meet these people, but I want to tell them about my project, regardless of them being like having a connection or not, I want, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to tell, tell, tell my story to as many people as possible in person. So, you know, I was going to the subway, in the parks in all parts of New York city, in the blister, like blistering cold, knocking on doors, but also meeting people. And eventually like it got to the point three, three weeks into me trying to get a, like my, even not even the first interview that I have lined up. Um, I, so it was a lot harder than that than I thought it would, would be. I, I thought people would be like, oh, this guy has a camera. He has a mission. And um, they would say yes, but nobody would say yes. And um, so three weeks in, I, you know, pretty much dirt broke. I was at the point where I almost wanted to give up. And luckily, that it was a Sunday, it was a Sunday, Sunday morning. One of my, one of the persons I had met there had season tickets to the Jets. Um, mm. And it was, a, I think it was a season opener for the Jets, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, I knew Gary Vee was going to be there. And Gary was on the, on the top on my list. Um, I had read Crush It by Gary Vee a few years ago. And I was like, I got to meet this guy one day. Um, at the time, Gary Vee wasn't like who he is right now. I think he had like 200,000 Instagram followers at the most. But for me, he was like, you know, the top like the top dog in the space. So anyways, long story short is I knew Gary was going to be at the, at the game. Um, I got offered free tickets to the Jets game and I made myself to, I got an Uber, got to the Jets game and I was on Snapchat, like refreshing it every like three minutes to, to see where would, where would Gary be sitting, right? So my, my plan was to walk and find Gary sitting somewhere uh, and ask him for an interview. That's literally, that was my game plan. And um, got to the game really early. I made a little prayer in, in, the, um, in the restroom. And finally, Gary posted on the Snapchat wearing, I think he was wearing number 74 jersey. And, you know, it was crazy. Like, 
everybody was wearing that jersey that day. By I don't know who, who number seventy four was for the Jets, but everybody was wearing that jersey. I'm like, man, it's gonna be impossible to find Gary here. So I go and sit down a little bit, like you know, it's been blistering cold for three weeks. I'm eating very little. I'm trying to budget as much as possible. I haven't had any success. And um, while I'm sitting there, you know, watching the start of the like the people, like the, the players warming up. I'm sitting there and I literally hear Gary V's voice behind me. And I'll never forget this moment because I literally thought I was like hallucinating or just, I don't know. I just, but I remember hearing his, his voice behind me. I look back and he's sitting in the same seat, like three or four rows behind me, like same seat wow. in the whole stadium with 70,000 people, three or four rows behind me. I see, I see him. I make eye contact with me. He makes eye contact with me. And I'm the only guy with a whole camera kit, right? In the whole stadium, I'm probably the only guy with a whole camera kit. At the time, it's 2015, so people are not really into that. And I turn over to him. He makes eye contact with me, and he, like, he gives me the nod, like, hey, I know what you're doing. So when he did that, I literally walked up to him before the game started, and I asked him for an interview. And he's like, hey, man, I don't really do interviews during Jets game. I don't work on Sundays. But, you know, because I appreciate your hustle. Like, I'll give, you, I'll give you some time during halftime. So come over, visit me during halftime. So, um, yeah, that's what I did. And that's how I got my first interview for, at the time, it wasn't called Leaders Create Leaders. It was just called The Hustle. And then the, um, yeah. so I got that interview. I got that interview. And then the following day, things started, I feel like once that happened, I feel like things just started, started falling into place. The next day, I got another interview with Gerard Adams, which ended up becoming my partner with Leaders Create Leaders. And, um, you know, those, 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 those few months from like November to uh, the second week of January were like, uh, I don't know, I don't even know how to, like, I wouldn't even know how to like title this chapter, but it would be, it was very, it was, it was exciting, but it was actually very hard and very depressing and very, like, there was a lot of realizations happening, but it, it was, it was the most exciting time because I didn't know what I was going to do the next morning during the day, but I was out there just putting things in, I, I was putting the action in. And eventually, you know, um, partnering up with Gerard was a huge blessing because Gerard had just exited a company, um, Elite Daily, and he wanted to launch his personal brand. So me and him partnered up together to create a story, the stories that you now see in Leaders Create Leaders, which are like about, I don't know, about 70 episodes of different leaders in the space. Um, and we started off with just, it was all of season one was recorded by only me. There was no team. It was just me recording, mm. doing all the production, doing all the, the editing. Um, there was really no budget for it besides whatever we, money we use for travel. But yeah, man, that's kind of the way we started with Leaders Create Leaders. And for me, it was very rewarding because I was able to finally start doing what I always wanted, like what I always dreamed of doing, which is becoming a filmmaker. Man, I... I think there's so much in what you just shared that is really profound. And if, if listeners are really paying attention, there's a couple of things, which is even just being reminded as a teacher, Hey, I'm not taking my own advice. I, I need to really reflect on that. Mm -hmm. And then having the balls, like it's one thing to say it, but having the balls to then resign the following day, because you recognize like you were, almost out of integrity with who you wanted to be and then to throw yourself in the deep end. And New York city is my favorite city uh, in the world. We just booked flights there for a white Same. Christmas this year. And 
New York is hard. Like, I think New York is the the city where you just get baptized by fire as well. If you you're you're like small fry, and and <laughs> you describing entrepreneurship as showing up with a backpack and literally trying to figure it out, um, is incredible because one of the most expensive cities in the states. Uh, you're nobody unless you have contacts as well. But if you can make it there, you can kind of make it anywhere. So there's just a real testament, I think, to your your character um, and, and building through that. I'd love, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about how you've navigated some of those challenging seasons in your life. Because on one of your older posts, you shared that entrepreneurship is jumping off a cliff and realizing you have wings on the way down. And I think if anyone mm. were to scroll through your content, what's really evident is this evolution of your identity, shifts and change and experimentation. Can you share a couple of lessons that have like really helped you navigate through some of those challenging seasons? Yeah. One of one of the main things I always resort to is like, you really don't know what you're really made of or what you, or the tools that you really have until you expose yourself to a project that's, that's um, bigger than what you're comfortable doing. And this idea of like jumping off and realizing that you have wings is, is that itself like putting yourself in a position to really figure out what you are made of, what you have. And you'll be surprised of, what you're capable of doing when you're put to the test. And the more often you can put yourself to the test, the more you'll realize what you got to work on, but also what are the actual gifts that you have that you've already been given, that you already have, that you're not putting to use. Mm. We, um, we tend to always think that money is going to solve 99% of um, problems, but the most of the problems are actually not fixed with money. They're fixed with courage. Because I believe, like, courage is God-made, not man-made. And when you have things of that nature in your day-to-day, um, how you actually act, how you actually go about your day, how you actually, it's like, it's part of your DNA, right? Like, you're always looking for, uh, it's not even that you're looking for, it's just you're putting yourself in positions that are going to challenge you. Um, and it'll help you realize, and if you're humble enough, you're going to accept what you need to improve on, right? That's why, like, every New Year's, like, people do the, the New Year's resolution. They're like, I want to make more money this year, or I want to finally lose those 15 pounds or get a six-pack or, like, they do all these new resolutions. But, like, what I always tell people, like, with that, you also got to audit yourself and say, what skills do I really have to learn and master this year for me to be able to build a bigger business? Or what are the skills that I need to, to learn to be able to actually lose the weight and keep the weight off? What are the things that I have to master this year and add to my own um, lexicon of tools that I have available to myself? So I feel like a lot of us, we make these goals and that's it. We'll put a goal and we want to manifest it somehow. Mm-hmm. And through action, you will eventually. But if you want to get there faster, I would say make a list. Make a list of these 
things that you want to accomplish and then write a list of skills that you need to master to be able to accomplish that and tackle those skills. So for me, like making leaders create leaders happen was um, years of learning production. I call it guerrilla filmmaking because you don't know where you're going to film next. You don't know what your next studio is going to be, but you got to be prepared for all of it. So everything from audio to video production to like having the right amount of cameras, the right the right, uh, the right batteries, the right uh, lenses, the right setup. So if Gary V says yes to an interview in the middle of a game, you're going to be prepared for that. So it's, it's in the preparation that I always tell people that the magic happens, not when you actually show up to the game. So those are some of the things yes, that, I, it, that I always, uh, even to my own kid, share with. It's, it's interesting. It's like everyone is so excited about seeing the person in the spotlight and we have very little insight into the 10 years that made them that great. The blood, sweat, tears. We have zero insight. Even, you know, even the Kardashians who broadcast their life on socials, it's like 5%. And we don't see all of the work that is done in preparation in the off season. Exactly. Um, Jeff, how do you put yourself in those uncomfortable or challenging situations now? I mean, if we look at your content, your style has evolved as well. I feel like you've really settled on this uh, signature look, right? The cigar, the the sunglasses, the lighting is this beautiful, um, consistent image. How do you experiment? Like, tell us a little bit about your process. Well, I studied a lot of like brand alchemy um, throughout the last years. And I started realizing that a lot of what's online is, especially like brands that grow on you, they're more than just, um, hold on, let me lower my mic because I can hear myself again. Yeah, one of the things that I realized is the brands that grow on us, they're, they're very similar to the way characters from like, movies or cartoon series grow on us you know when you think about superman sean kent or uh or batman um bruce wayne you know you see then they have like a specific set of like they, they have the costume right they have the, mm -hmm. the suit but they also have on the other end they have the cave they have the all these essentials that bring this character to life and allow us to connect with that the character so I started realizing through brand alchemy that well, brand alchemy is pretty much a study of, of that. Uh, we all have our brand alchemy, but we don't really, um, are, we're, sometimes we're not intentional when we create content and we, we almost put it aside like as if it doesn't matter. So I started like realizing that when some of the most important brands or not important, but the, some of the most successful brands have that, you know, you can't have, you can't have Gary Vee without the Jets, you know, or you can't have Andrew Tate without his brother. It's like synonymous to the brand itself. And for me, like I wear the leather jacket for 99% of my videos because that represents, uh, for me, it represents Rocky. Rocky, the, the character from, uh, especially from the first two films mm -hmm. where he wore the leather jacket every day. And his entire, the entire story of Rocky, right, was about how all he wanted to do was prove to himself that he wasn't a bum because the rest of the world, the rest of the people in his community would call him a bum. Every day, he would encounter somebody that was calling them a bum. Even, even Mickey Rourke would call him a bum. Not Mickey Rourke, I'm sorry. Uh, 
I lost I lost uh, the name. What's uh, his trainer's name? Um, uh, no, anyways, yeah. his even yeah. his trainer would call him a bum. So the whole premise of the jacket is he's going through these hardships and um, he's trying to prove not to the world but to himself that he's not a bum. So for me, when I put that jacket on, that's what it represents. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've been wearing the leather jacket for 20 years. It represents me like proving to myself that I got what it takes. And no, it doesn't even matter what other people think about me. It's what I think about myself. But it's also yeah. a me a way of embodying like that brand alchemy that comes into play of like who I am as a person and what I represent, who I fight for. I fight for that person. I fight for the underdog. And if you look at my content, that's what it represents. So brand alchemy is that. And I, I feel like a lot of people um, that, are, that have this, the most successful brands, they, especially nowadays, they're able to connect with their, with their audience subconsciously through brand alchemy. Um, so even like, for example, me, I have like the sound effects that are, that go with what I like, uh, the sound, the, the colors, mm-hmm. um, the cigar, the, the smoke, all that, like, it's all synonymous to what I like, the movies that I love, the characters that I love, how I was brought up and the people that inspired me. It's all, it's all put together into like one, uh, it's all part of me. And that's what transpires through, through the videos that I make. I love that, Jeff. Are there any resources or things that you found immensely helpful that have helped you to develop your own style and brand? So obviously you studied some some big names and, and people. Were there any resources that were helpful to you along that process? I mean, there's a lot of, I would say like, Good books. I want to, one of them, my favorite ones is Crush It by Gary Vee. Um, which other one? I'm looking at my bookcase right now. Um, I say, if, it, if, if you haven't read Crush It by Gary Vee, you need to go read it. Really good. Um, it's yeah. one of my favorite books because it puts into present what's actually happening today. This guy spoke about it in 2009. You know, so. Um, but I think. More, more importantly, I call it creating your bank, right? What, what, what creating your bank means is simply making the list of all the stories that have molded you into who you are today, like stories of tragic, also tr- stories of bliss, st- stories of lessons, anything that you've, that, that's um, happened to you or throughout your journey, things that have happened to you, write those stories down, and you're going to realize that everything you love and hate about the world they're in those stories and um it's about allowing yourself to understand that that's what makes you unique and mm-hmm. regardless of what because i get a lot of hate on why do you wear shades indoors and i'm like man I, I have my reasons why but some people love it some people hate it and i'm gonna keep wearing it no matter who the, who hates it right yeah yeah so um i, I believe that we sometimes get to a point where we get controlled by the people's opinions about ourselves, you know? And when you realize like who you are and having that bank that tells you like, Oh, these are all the things that have, that have like changed me. And these are the stories that have, that have inspired me. This is, this is, this is why I'm here today. And you're able to grab that and say, no matter what anybody says, this is the truth of who I am as a mm. person. Um, and that's all that matters is what you believe about yourself. 
what you really know about yourself. And, you know, if you think about it, the, the greats, isn't, isn't there a famous quote uh, by Marcus Aurelius, like, know thyself? You know, so yeah, there's so much truth in that. Yeah, own self be true, right? So to be true to yourself in, in all aspects as well, not just, not just when the camera's on. I think that's really important. Uh, I'd love to ask you more about your creative process as well. Exactly. Jeff, we obviously saw your account like really take off last year. And I, I guess someone who's then been following you for a while and then seeing, uh, seeing your content really land after open AI's announcement with ChatGPT, sort of end of 2022. And then you were just really running with this. Um, can you share with us like how your creative process has evolved in the last 12 months? Like how are you using AI in your own workflow? Um, what other like really key insights have helped you speed up production uh, for yourself to push out such quality content consistently? That's a great question, actually. Um, you know, what's interesting about my creative process is, is that I don't use a lot of AI for output. Um, but I've learned how to use AI to help others get to a point where their quality or their output is at a high quality because at the end of the day, you don't want to, a lot of people like want to put like five videos, they want to put out like five videos a day or whatever. They want to put out like 20 pieces of content out a week or whatever that number is. And they have these high goals and I'm like, well, for the sake of just putting out content, like anybody can do that. But what's, what's even, what, where the magic is at being able to put out like, you know, one piece of, one high quality piece of content a week is better than 20, I would say. So I think I've refined my process. My creative process is more like about um, slowly becoming a writer over the last few years. Um, I actually have had the privilege to spend a whole day with Ryan Holiday. And uh, one of the things that I learned is that this guy writes, you know, every day he's writing and he's breaking down, like distilling, simplifying hard concepts that, that are, that are hard to articulate. He's, he's, bring, he's simplifying it into like a paragraph or a sentence. And um, knowing how to do that is, is an art form itself. And I think for me, like, I realized that if I wanted to become a great creator, I, needed to be, I first needed to become a great writer, right? And um, I made the decision to, to go from behind the scenes to in front of the scenes being on camera early last year and I, I was already in this creative workflow where I was writing every day. Um, I would walk 10,000 steps a day and throughout me walking, I would be, you know, you know around, around the second, third mile, you start getting all these downloads and you start uh, saying, okay, I wanted to talk about this subject, but how do I explain it to my son that's 15 years old? How do I explain it to, to my wife that doesn't care about uh, what I care about? In, in this case, like ChatGPT, how do I explain something so complex, like an LLM, to somebody that's never heard about about it? It's about the topic itself. So I started grabbing these like big concepts and and translating into a format that can be understood by any any person, regardless of regardless of age and almost language to a certain extent. Like you could, you could even by just seeing it visually, 
whether you know the language that I'm speaking or not, you can understand what I'm talking about with the visuals, with the, uh, the B-roll that I add, with the different examples that I put out. And it got to a point where I was able to prove a point that um, there was all these people, you know, speaking about the same subject. Mm-hmm. You know, there were people talking about AI, but, but the, the reason my videos were hitting and theirs weren't was because of the way I was able to grab these big ideas and simplify them in a format that's digestible by everybody. So, and that, bec- that comes from writing, like just writing your ideas down and writing, writing um, like a script and then formulating, like, like looking at that script, like, okay, what can I take out? And what, what should I reword and reiterate that script into the point where you have now a 30 second video that instead of taking like two hours to explain, you explain something and, and gave somebody insight within first, the first 30 seconds of them seeing you, giving, giving like the biggest dopamine hit. Now they're sharing your video. Now they're commenting. Now they're becoming fans. And it's just like a domino effect one after another. So it wasn't really about using AI to scale my content. It was more about understanding that original thought is the most powerful thing you can, you can have uh, in the world of AI. And it's like the irony of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I find that really interesting because like you said, it's very easy now for people to just put in a prompt, pump out content and the distillation of thought and your own nuance and subtlety added onto it and how you communicate the idea really comes down to like, um, how, how do you tell your story and how do you tell it in such a way that's also captivating for, for people to pay attention and for people to come back and watch it a second time and a third time time. Yeah. If, if it, they say attention's a new oil, well, the time that someone gives you is such a gift and I'd love to know it's a gift. How have you dialed in your process now? So like how long does it take you end to end to come up with an idea and then push something out of quality? I would say like um it varies from from piece of content cuz a, a lot of like what I do is I find things that are only like us nerds, like we, I call ourselves nerds, right? Like nerds are talking about, and I try to figure out how can I communicate what us nerds are talking about to the average person just scrolling on social media that needs to know about this, that could benefit from this, right? So sometimes the ideation process is the is actually always the longest process of the, like I can sit down, shoot a video, and edit the video within one hour. Um. That's not the hard part for me. The hard part is mm-hmm. ideating and writing the script, and um, the ideation part probably even longer now. Now that I, for example, like I figured out one thing. One thing I tell people is like, if you really want to grow on social media, is you gotta discover what format works for you. The magic is in the format. So, for example, there's like, um, I would say like eight or nine different formats, and I'm looking up my notes here. Um, there's like skits that are like no language, no, nobody speaking, right? Those are the most viewed videos. So for example, what's his name? I can't think Charlie of his name Chaplin. right now, but he does the whole like, oh yeah, like Charlie Chaplin, right? Yeah. 
but that even like a modern day uh, influencer was oh, Mr. His name? Bean. Uh, I mean, there's so many. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm talking about like social media people, uh, but yeah, Mr. Bean's another one, right? Anybody can relate to somebody. If you're not using language as a barrier, now you can tap into the whole world. Mm. So that's a format itself. Being able to like show a video without language is the most viral type format. And then there's like the um, educa educational monologues, which is kind of like what I do, where I teach something and I show it to you like in a short form. I don't take three hours of your day. I don't take 20 minutes every day. I take 30 seconds out of your day. And it gives you enough insight to understand it. Um, there's the, um, let me see. I'm trying to look here. I have a, I have a whole series of these. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Anyway, but yeah, it's, it's in the format. So once you like break through on a specific format, you got to double down that format. And for me, I was able to create a format where I educate people in 30 seconds, uh, sometimes a minute, depends on how complex the, the, the message is. But I figured it out. And now I can grab any idea and plug it into that format. Hmm. And I'm able to create a video, you know, within three, four hours. But before I discovered the format, I was experimenting a lot. I was experimenting with different skits, different ideas. And um, eventually I, I figured this one out. So I would say master the format and I can't give you the format because you need to go on out and figure out your own format. I would say for the most part, but there's about eight different ones that I've written down. I'm going to, I'm going to make a video on this, on the different formats. I just got to, I'm trying to find my notes. I have so many notes here. I, I think that's really important too, because you got to spend time figuring out what works for you. And so often, even as creators, when we're looking for inspiration outside of ourselves, because we don't know ourselves intimately, we haven't spent time really searching the depths of our soul, we can try to copycat or imitate somebody else and then get frustrated because their format isn't working for us. And we've looked at their views and their engagement and we think, oh, well, let me take that and apply it to my business or my socials. And I think what you're really saying here, Jeff, too, is, is you have to recognize like what's working for somebody else doesn't necessarily work for you. And if you don't want to do TikTok dances because that's not your thing, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you can find your own way to communicate your exactly. message to the world. Um, man, one of the things that really stood out for me last year, and I love this was your cheat codes and you introduced me to snack prompt, which I thought has been such a useful website. Um, but one of the cheat codes that you introduced as well was, uh, interacting with God, like God mode, I think is what you called it. And, and mm -hmm. for me, like God is the God OG. Mode. <laughs> entrepreneur right in the beginning god created like he's the he's the creator he's the, the og god creator created. right i'd love to know more about how your faith journey has also influenced your business and and how you see life yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I feel um, I, I was blessed to have parents that were that instilled um, religion to me at a very young age. Um, I was actually like born in Chicago, Illinois, but a few months after I was born, I was flown to Mexico to get baptized in a small church uh, in the town called Puerta de la Vega. And then I was the next day I was taken to the cathedral in Mexico uh, which is like the church of um, the first Catholic cathedral in Mexico. And there's a lot of um, history behind that. But, you know, my parents grew up like at the church. They were part of the choir. My mom worked at the church for many years. So I spent a lot of time just in that, like by, I, I would absorb through, I guess, through just watching my parents. And then my grandmother also would read the Bible daily to me. So a lot of the lessons um, were t- have been like really in, in direct contact or correlation with what I see, that je- things that Jesus went through. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of power that comes from understanding that there's opportunity in just taking risk and chance. And regardless of the outcome, the beautiful thing about taking chance is that you're going to, no matter, no matter what happens, you're going to be okay. Because that's the way, that's the way it's been taught to me. Like it's no matter what, no matter if you fail at what you attempted to do, you're still going to be okay. And there's a lot of peace in that. And there's a lot of um, power in that because I can go out there and aim for, aim to do almost anything I want to do at this point. It's about what I want to go out there and create. And I talk a lot about this, um, which is my first verse in the Bible, Genesis 1.1. Father, my daughter, my first daughter, her name is Genesis, born on the 1st of June. So um, I talk about um, this verse, Genesis 1-1, in the, in the beginning, God created. Because I feel like when you become a creator versus a consumer, um, you're, you're tapping into something that's fulfilling that, that, that I feel most of us, if not all of us, um, we're brought into this world to do, to create. And it doesn't mean you have to go and create like a multi-million dollar business or like a podcast that gets, you know, 50 million views a year. Like it, it's, it, it's, it's, that's like man-made um, like check, checks, right? Like, you, oh, if you get this much, then it means you were successful or you get this in return, that means you were successful. But the, mm. the act of being able to just create and do what you want to do is the blessing itself and it keeps you uh in a state of fulfillment and also in a state of like uh appreciation for life and appreciation that you get to wake up and do what you want to do like i always tell people like i live the dream i'm living the dream and that doesn't mean that i have uh millions of dollars in the bank has nothing to do with that you know but i've been able to um now you know been married officially for 22 years now i have four kids my oldest is going to be 22 this year uh have a 20 20 year old a 19 year old a 15 year old and i've been able to travel the world with them i've been able to have them uh live with me in different cities um and i did this all without any money i did this without any any connections i did this without any um uh degree i didn't have any like official education um mm. you know and and it all comes from the religion the the what the faith that i have in that i'm going to be able to do things um, and one of the most important things that I've, that I've learned is that I don't have to have the answers for something, um, because I know God does. Mm-hmm. So when I go into motion 
towards a goal, I know that there's skills that I have to learn. Um, and I know that I have to be disciplined and I know that I have to put the work in and I, have to, I know I have to put things into motion, but I don't have to have all the answers because God has the answers. And as, as long as I'm walking in God's name, those answers will be revealed and I, I will get to the destination safely. Um, so yeah, man, that's kind of like the way I see it. I love that. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of peace knowing that you don't have to know everything, um, which gives us like the Godfidence almost to go after new things. Because if, if it I was all that. up Godfidence. to me, <laughs> the weight and the pressure of trying to pull off different things is crushing at times because you can take the responsibility of succeeding, but then you're also left with the aftermath if it doesn't. Because, you know, we can, we can take the glory and we can be very proud and excited that something took off or blew up or, you know, it was on us. But when it doesn't work, man, it's really hard to carry that, that pressure. So I love that, uh, yeah, you mentioned, you mentioned that. And I think that there's all these moments in our life where even when it's been challenging or harder, we haven't known the next step. There's still this supernatural peace that it's going to be okay um and it's going to be okay <laughs> man, you know it's also interesting like the when you kind of live in this uh if this is like the, your practice of life the beautiful part about entrepreneurship or being a creator is that tomorrow is like you don't really know what's going to happen tomorrow and there's this sense of excitement because of that. There's no, there's, um, you live in a state of like, because it, wouldn't it suck like if you know what's going to happen tomorrow and the day after and the day after, mm. and you've lived that same life every single day for X amount of years. That's why people that have like an eight to five job that they don't love, that's why they go into like a depression or they go in through, um, they struggle with like being happy because they know what's going to happen tomorrow. They know exactly their routine and it's, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think the, the other part to that actually to balance as a creator, as an entrepreneur is being okay with the unknown, because I think for a lot of people who then come from, especially if you, if you want to make, being a creator entrepreneurship, your full-time thing coming from the safety net of an eight to five, right? Where there's security and you know, and there's predictability. Well, when you go all in on your thing, there is no guarantees. The algorithm can change. Brand deals can flop. Things you thought were going to happen won't. <laughs> things go wrong. You have to learn how to be okay with that uncertainty because for some people, I think that, that could create a lot of overwhelm and anxiety and it's stressful and learning just to be okay in those seasons where cool, I can't see it, but I have faith that it's going to be okay. I have faith that what I've been given as this idea, this download is going to manifest somehow don't know all the answers, don't know the connections, don't know where the money's going to come from. 
but having that immense trust and self-belief in yourself. And I think if you don't have that for yourself, you can't expect other people to, you can't expect somebody else to have more faith in your business or your vision than you do. And if you don't carry it and you don't articulate it, it's really hard. So I think a couple of things you said, Jeff, about like going for the walk or prioritizing time to reflect and to journal and to, you know, sit and allow these ideas to percolate is really beautiful. Yeah, one of my favorite things about Jesus was that he would isolate himself a lot. And isolation allows you to have um, a, a connection to source and yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, writing allows you to, like, all these things that you have on cue in your subconscious allows you to now bring them into the forefront and see it in black and white. I think for, for me, like, going on long walks every day and writing is a way for me to always stay connected to source and understand that I have the opportunity now to share these thoughts with people that are also thinking the same things, but that are not speaking it out loud, or they're just, they're stuck with that idea way in there because they never practice that formula or that routine of getting things out, getting things out. Like there's not, there's nothing that stays in me. It's like all coming out. So, um, I try to set always into that practice. That practice for me is, is I feel like 99% of the, the, uh, it's, it's 99% of me being the creator is doing that every day. I love that, man. So good. And I'm, I'm conscious of time because I know that you have promised one of your daughter's dinners tonight too. Guys, if you have a scroll through <laughs> Jeff's, content what you can really see and he mentioned it before he's been married for 22 years got married young uh we celebrated jeff's 40th birthday on the weekend but what you really see in jeff's content is the love that he has for his wife and kids so beautiful so man just a couple of questions to to wrap up today because i've loved this conversation maybe we'll have to do a part two is What's the, you've got this yeah, let's do part two, definitely. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, you've, you've started this community called Unsigned. Can you share a little bit more about the vision you have to build this community of creators? Great question, brother. So uh, Unsigned for me is the ability to be able to be fully committed to your own uh, self-purpose in life, your own purpose and being able to do what you need to do to be able to, um, to do that. And I think, uh, we're living in this, like, you know, we are living in the tension economy and we, there is opportunity to be a creator, uh, whether it's a content creator or just an entrepreneur, I, I, I encapsulate all that into just being a creator itself because you're creating, either it's a business, whether you're creating a community, whether you're creating a, a product, uh, whatever that is for me, there's um, there's skills that you have to learn to be able to get better at simplifying your process and and being able to get to your end goals uh, without the without the friction of having to learn it all by yourself. So what we're doing with Unsign is, you know, forming a group of creators, right? 
but not only forming a group of creators that are learning from each other, also creating a curriculum that is going to allow you to, one, like in the, we started off with just content, like learning how to build a personal brand online. But personal brand is just like one touch point, right? There's just one aspect of the entire spectrum. Um, there's the business side of things. There's the e-commerce side of things. There's the um, the uh, the systems, right? The, the systems that you got to build to be able to allow yourself to use the tools to be able to build a business online, whether it's a, whether it's a product or whether it's a community, whatever that is. There's that, you know. And then there's the the writing part. There's the create the artist the artistry side. So ideally, like. Long-term vision is we're trying to create this database of information and a platform that allows people to come in and learn from other people like me and you that have been doing it for more years. And we might be six months ahead. We might be three months ahead. We might be five years ahead, but we're still uh, leaving the foundation of what it really takes, what skills you really need to learn, how to master those skills within a short period of time and giving, them, giving people the opportunity to um, learn it and apply it within the same time frame of, of their goals. So I think in six months, a year, in two years, there'll be uh, this amazing, like I call it like the, the encyclopedia of, of create for creators, right? Unsigned would be that, will be that, that source where there's not only Roberto and I creating course content, but other people like you and so forth and so on. People that are in, in the space creating courses um, and information available, making it available for other people to come and, and learn from so that's what excites me man that's what i uh, i i think about my 18 year old self and what i would need to make it and that's what unsigned is for i love that and bro one one last question just to build on that as well it's been really awesome to see the community come together for people who have gone back into jobs into relationships into things in their life that they're not enjoying anymore they're listening to this. They're listening to your story of, of ending up in New York and just like backing yourself. What pearl of wisdom or question would you leave that individual with who is stuck at a crossroads in their life, feeling a pull in one direction to pursue this full time, but maybe doesn't have the courage yet? What would you tell them? I mean, I think about the way I went about it, even though I dove, you know, full force, jumped off the cliff in 2015, you know, before 2015, I had been doing this for 15 years already. I mean, not 15, maybe like 13 years. So I was doing it, learning it, being part of it, and understanding every aspect of the space so i would say like don't be afraid to let's say you want to build an online business right don't be afraid to have a goal that that says make it's up to this year i'm going to make an extra five thousand online and i'm just going to figure out like what this is what is this creator economy thing what is this e-commerce thing what is this dropshipping thing like be okay with launching things and not having that identify who you are. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us get caught up with like, if I launch this, this means like everybody's going to know me for this, you know, or if I, if I launch this brand, that's what people are going to know me for. And that's, that's, I can't get out of it. No, it's like, um, 
you can go out there and just play. Mm. You know, it's like when you're playing a video game, you're learning, you're um, slowly mastering different things and you're, you're getting to understand the space. And a lot of people say like, well, I, like, for example, like they'll say people like, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a content creator. That, why would I want to learn about video production if I don't want to be a content creator? Um, I'd rather do X, Y, Z, right? But learning about content creation doesn't mean that you have to be a content creator. It's just learning what it is. This is part of the game. Learn it. Doesn't mean you have to be the one on camera. Mm. Or, or you might be surprised that you actually want to be on camera and you have something to say. So don't be intimidated by this game that feels like a monster. I would say go in there to playground and learn how to use the monkey bars, then, how to use, then use, learn how to use the swings and then move forward to playing touch with other people and like, you know, just explore, network and slowly you're going to start understanding the game. And once you understand the game, then you can go, all right, it's time to go all in on one thing, whether it's going to work out or not and the odds are against you. It's okay because you understand the game and you can, no matter where you end up, you're going to learn so much and you're going to be able to use that to launch your next thing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, fall, fall in love with the, the game and, and figuring it out. Like the little kid, as you said, in the playground, um, not just the destination of where you want to be, but if you can love the process, then everything becomes a lot more enjoyable <laughs> and and I, you reminded me of this quote yep you're under no obligation to be the same person you were five minutes or five days or five weeks ago and so if you can be okay with recognizing that if you're trying to figure this out for yourself and land on something and try the different brand identity that you fall into and the the piece of content and format that you love it's okay to change it's okay to evolve so much of our suffering comes from trying to uphold this image that we want other people to see us as but if you're okay with how you see yourself then the experimentation becomes really fun in the process so jeff thank you so much for being on the show today Playground. Uh, really loved hearing your stories. And oh, thank insights. you, brother. I appreciate it. And guys, for those of you listening at home, I'm going to no, appreciate you, man. Let's do it again. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, bro. Um, I'm going to drop the links to unsigned below. So you guys can jump into that community. And if you want to check out any of Jeff's epic viral content, it's at digital Jeff everywhere. Yes, sir. Thank you so much, Jeff. Have a blessed Thanks, dinner with your family and look forward to speaking again soon. That wraps up our business today. And if you loved what you heard, I'd ask that you share it with friends, leave a review and tag me at it's Ryan Drake with hashtag behind the business or jump into the Facebook group to score all of the resources from today's episode. And until next time, wishing you peace and profits. Keep building. Ciao for now.